0: Um, what I came up against when my son was in the hospital and how hard they tried to blame it on anything else. I mean, and, and how careful they were even when they finally admit there could be a connection. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. If I hadn't gone through this experience, what you just told me would have shocked me. I mean, uh, three weeks ago, I, I, I don't know if I would have believed you.
1: Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. It's the middle of a day on Saturday and I'm bringing you probably the most important information I've heard in the last 15 months. I have interviewed many, many scientists and medical doctors who are speaking up about what's been going on the last 15 months. But today I bring you Sheree Romney. Welcome to the VIBE show, Sheree.
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: So I've been talking to you for a couple of weeks, and this is our first opportunity to kind of sort of meet in person. And um, yeah. your son, Everest, has
0: been, is he still
1: in the hospital?
0: He's home now, um, but and his condition is stable, but unimproved.
1: Stable, but unimproved. And how long was he in the hospital with blood clots in his brain after the first Pfizer job? Is that right? Yes, almost nine days. He was in the i c u for nine days.
0: he was in the i c u for three and then he was in the main hospital for almost six okay, so
1: many of us have been praying for you. He is probably your oldest child. you're so young, is that
0: right? He is our oldest, yeah mm-hmm. and you have He's how high. many? We have uh three, and we have we have one on the way, actually. Oh,
1: congratulations. Uh, I was just uh, talking with Cherie's three-year-old here a second ago, guys. Um, But today you reached out to me and you told me what is happening with your husband, Preston, who is 42 years old and has no
0: health problems. Yeah, he's 42. He has no underlying conditions. And he's athletic. He's six foot nine, just like my son. And he is in great shape. Um, He's not obese. He's not overweight at all. He's athletic and um, has no clotting disorders, has no genetic predisposition towards any autoimmune disorder that we know of, and he is now in the hospital with a pulmonary infarction, as well as multiple pulmonary embolisms.
1: What do they explain to you that the pulmonary (laughs) embolisms are? are, and are they talking to you about the fact that your husband also got one Pfizer jab?
0: Um. Yes, they are. They are talking to me about that. And they do admit that it's odd that this happened to my son after one and it happened to my husband after one. They admit that. Um, And what they're telling us is, so what it is, is he has too many blood clots in his lungs to count. Um, And that's what uh, pulmonary embolism is. Um, I can tell you that just the nurses in the hospital have said they've seen more pulmonary embolisms than they've ever seen since the vaccine rolled out. Uh, that's new does to that, me.
1: Does that mean that they are admitting that they've seen a bunch of embolisms and blood clots in the brain and in the, and the pulmonary so system? See.
0: They're not saying in the brain, um, but they did tell me pulmonary embolisms. We've seen lots of those since the vaccine came. That's what I was okay. told by, by two different nurses. The doctors aren't saying that. And um, what the doctors are have happy. said... Is that well, maybe there's something we need to look at here since both your son and your husband have responded it this way. Yes, I have. And and that's what they're willing to say. They cannot say what caused either of theirs, other than the only thing that the two have in common is that they are related and they had a COVID shot. They're both healthy, no underlying conditions. My son has no clotting disorders, none. They did genetic tests. They did. I can't even tell you how many tests they did on my son. Um, it was kind of absurd. I mean, it was it was a little insane. They were looking for everything else until finally on the last day, they admit that this may be related to the COVID shot and to something called, at least for my son, lymphadenopathy, which is, or acute lymphadenopathy, which is swelling of the lymph node. And in his case, it, it occurred after the shot and it occurred near his jugular. I later found out that there were other people who also had acute lymphadenopathy in other areas of their body that because of that swelling, um, put pressure where, near where the swelling occurred and caused other clots. I actually found that out later. And now we have my husband in the hospital and we have so many clots in his lungs, they haven't even bothered okay. to count them. So um, they admit that it's probably been going on for a while. He has been having this pain for weeks and had been pretty dismissive of it and as you know my husband my, I mean, my son was in the hospital so you're not thinking about it you know you're not you're just kind of dismissing any little aches or in pains and at one point he thought he might have be having a heart attack but it passed and um, so we didn't take it too seriously. And he's 42. Yes. But How it wasn't long ago did attack. you
1: think he was having a heart attack or he was complaining of symptoms, but you were tending to your son, so you were just ignoring the stuff going on?
0: Um. So, well, it's actually been a couple of times. So the first time he experienced the pain was about five, six days after getting the shot. And then um, he had probably episodes every couple of days, honestly. And you say, you say to yourself, it, I'm under a lot of stress. Um, you know, you, you say to yourself, I need to focus on my son. I'm okay. Just ignore it. And at times it was really severe, but, you know, with Everest then being in the hospital, it was just, there was a lot going on. And It wasn't until this morning when he had the full infarction. So we now know he has permanent damage done to the left side of his lung yeah. tissue yeah. is permanently damaged.
1: I'm so sorry to hear that. And, and Everest's story started, he scored, if I recall, 16 points in a basketball game right before he got the first COVID <laughs> vaccine in order to, in case he gets called on a foreign, <clears throat> if he gets called on a foreign mission for the LDS church because he wants to go on a mission, so he got it because you have to to, to leave the United States. It's, the LDS church is requiring that, I believe. And so he got so, it and he no we
0: got the shot for him we got the shot for him because um it's because he plays basketball so he travels every weekend for tournaments so he's in phoenix he's in la he's in anaheim he's in like so he's in or he's in boise or um so he or he's in chicago so he travels a ton and they said that we needed to get them vaccinated so we can vaccinate him and um He, he scored, I think it was 18 points actually, <laughs> um, on sounds, the, the like a, fourth day after a shot. And then by the fifth and sixth day, he was incapacitated
1: by migraines and other, other, um, cause I've, I've been reading up on this and I've been seeing retired. It's always the retired vaccinologists and immunologists. I was telling you this in text today, and I'm going to send you some of yeah. the doctors. Who are speaking up about it and maybe other people have sent you um interviews? It's always the retired ones because they can't be fired. They tend to be like over 65. They they've retired, they've some of them have sold companies, and there are dozens of them all over the, the country um, and the world actually speaking up and saying that there are more symptoms of blood clots than you can count. Like it actually can show up a lot of different ways. What kind of symptoms did your son have besides migraines?
0: Right. A lot of different ways. And that's, I think, kind of the point is that's part of how they get, I mean, at least I think that's part of how they get away with it is because it's blood clots in different areas or they call it a complication. Um, So for my son, it was severe pain and swelling in his neck. Um, Where his first blood clot was probably located was in his jugular. Yeah. In his neck. And then it spread up into his brain. So it actually started with severe pain. And the doctors, just like with my husband, the doctor said, if I had lifetimes as a physician, I would not see what you're suggesting, Sheree. And yet it was what I suggested. And um, we were very dismissive. They, he, you know, he, he thought it was a pulled muscle. So he put a neck brace on my son, which would have made it even worse. As soon as my son got out of the doctor's office, he took the neck brace off because it was so painful. So what he did was by putting the neck brace on, he put more pressure on the jugular where the lymph node was swollen. And probably where the. So you got passport. sent home. You got sent home from the hospital the first time you went. We got sent home they- from the person's office. Yeah, and we kept did calling they- him, and 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 ever ever send it up with a temperature 104. And um, yeah.
1: Did they even ask you at this when they turned you away and put it put a neck brace on him and sent you out the door? Did they even ask? him if he had gotten the job, or are they the same people who gave him the job?
0: No, they knew he had gotten. They told me. I was told they didn't think it had anything to do with it. Too many days later, um, we told them that the swelling and the pain in the neck had started the very night of the shot, and it was on the same side as the shot. They said, okay, well, we'll report it, but we don't think it's related. Every single day I was at the hospital until the day they released my son. Okay, so when when did your husband present
1: at the hospital and end up hospitalized. Did that happen today?
0: That happened this morning. My husband and I, he was transported by ambulance. He could not breathe. His lung was collapsing, right? So he could not breathe. So he was transported this morning before 6 a.m. to Mountain Point Hospital, where they did uh, an x-ray, a chest x-ray, and they found really clearly lung damage and problems with his lungs. They've since done a, a contrast CT of his lungs and found so many blood clots they can't count. And the pulmonary infarction, which is tissue on his the left side of his lung, which was what caused him to go to the hospital this morning, was this the pain was so severe and he could not breathe. He could not his oxygenation was like 84, 82, 80 um, when the when the emergency responders got here. He could not breathe because he could not inhale. Because his lung had basically Uh, part of his head was was completely damaged, yeah.
1: I'm so sorry to hear that. And this is taking me back to when my son was vaccine injured when he was not even a year old and his saturation would drop to 85 and they would hospitalize them and nobody ever reported that. Nobody ever reported that as a vaccine adverse event. And it would take me years. It took me years to figure out that that is how I damaged my child with the choice I made because I trusted this system. And I trusted these products and
0: unfortunately- well, that's just it. it's a horrible feeling because, because I didn't know to take this seriously because nobody informed me that this could happen. Yeah. And I, I didn't know this was an option. I didn't know. I thought I was doing what was best for my son, but you know, I have lots of physicians in my family and now they're like, Sri, I don't know that the risk to children is worth the COVID shot. Like, because COVID is not that risky to kids. So we're putting them in risk, maybe potentially a riskier situation with the shot than we are with them getting COVID.
1: Yeah, there's actually um, a statistical probability of your child dying of COVID of 0.00%. I mean, if you keep going with the decimal points, there hits a one, you come to a one, Um, but they have no more, they have no more, um, chance of dying of COVID than they do of being, um, killed by a tiger?
0: Well, um, it, for me, I mean, that, that is shocking and, and that we're putting our kids at risk for that because we're, we're putting them in harm's way to prevent something that likely won't happen. But for me, I found out when I was at the hospital, my, my son had at some point already had and recovered from COVID and didn't even need the shot that had him oh. there.
1: Well, you realize the CDC is pushing everyone who already had COVID to get the shot and have been from the
0: jump, right? Including- I do know that. I'm not sure that we have the evidence to support that. Yeah. Um, and from what I understand, because, because my son had had COVID, but we didn't know it. I mean, he was obviously asymptomatic because we did not know it. And he was an athlete. So with our current tests, he was being tested every other week for COVID and had come up negative every time. So there was no way we could have known he'd even been exposed to COVID. There's no way we could have known he actually had gotten it. Um, so we didn't know until he was in the hospital and they had to do a special like SARS antibody test that is not a typical test. And when they did that, they came back and they said, oh, he's well, he, you know, he's, he, he's, his, his, he's got the antibodies he needs to fight COVID basically. And he's got a lot of them. So that means he had a COVID incident or he'd been um, he'd had COVID at some point, you know. Within the last months, we don't know when exactly, but we don't know how long a person has antibodies to COVID once they've gotten it. We don't know how the body responds once they've gotten COVID and then they get the vaccine. We don't know how the body responds once they get COVID, and if they if they have COVID, well, you know, maybe unsymptomatic, asymptomatic, asymptomatic while they get the vaccine. So we have a lot of information we do not have. And we're just telling everybody, blanket. I mean, my son was 17. So supposedly 16 and older, go get your shot because that's the safe thing to do. Well, it was not safe for me, for my family. It wasn't. Well,
1: you're pregnant. And did you know that the CDC wants you to get the shot, even though there were no pregnant women in any trials? There's been no testing on pregnant women or elderly people. So I did get
0: shot on the same day as my son and on the same day as my husband
1: of course you you trusted the you trusted the people in the white coats with their
0: PhDs and their MDs yeah I mean I was told um, I'm an older mom I'm you know it's my last child this is really dangerous to pregnant women if you got it it could kill your baby I mean I was really hesitant I really didn't want to get the shot and I can't maternal fetal medicines. Physicians told me, my OB gyn told me. And yeah, I, I just don't think we have enough information. So I've so far am okay, but I'm not getting my second shot. <laughs> There's no way. We were supposed to get our second shot on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. And I think we had gotten a second shot, might have killed my husband. I mean, I wonder about that. Um, to be honest, just with everything that's going on with our, our son, we've obviously been incredibly hesitant. So we definitely didn't push that second shot
1: you know for everything that you're going through i'll tell you just going out there with this story today which you know nobody else has yet and i have you know i haven't seen it in the media uh, i would imagine that whenever you start talking to them this is what you'll see because i've already seen this on everest stories i've been watching everest stories um i immediately resonated as a as a vaccine injured person and a and a mother of a vaccine injured child severely vaccine injured um In and out of hospitals near death for a year. Um, The whole oxygen saturation thing. um, I put the word out there today, and the share button on my Facebook page is broken now, even though it's only been a couple hours since you told me that, because Facebook doesn't want anyone to know this. And Pfizer is set to make, I think I read about $35 billion this year. And as far as I'm concerned, what happened to your son, but not just your son, because he may have a 0.00% chance of of dying of COVID. But your your 42-year-old husband, who is soon to be a father of four, you know, this has all also happened too. And as far as I'm concerned, is every single bit of that product should be incinerated right now. And I'm going to predict that not only will it not be incinerated right now and they'll continue to push it on pregnant women. I mean, the head of the health health department agency in India died after the COVID vaccine and they're still going hard with it over there. So My guess is not only is this not going to make a difference and they're going to keep shutting down voices like mine, who they won't put my information in the feed and they won't let people share this information, they're also going to, when the media does do this story, if you start talking to the traditional mainstream media, everybody should watch for the end of the media story because they manage it by reassuring everyone that it's safe and effective, it's safe and effective.
0: Were you in the... I've noticed, too, Robin, I've noticed that um, the interviews that I have given have been edited very carefully. I mean, I've had things being said that that it sounds like I've said that I didn't say. So it's been interesting. So you've been misquoted. You've been misquoted. No, I had people tell my own daughter, like, at her dance class, no, your mom didn't say that. And my daughter's looking at him, going, "Um, I was at the interview.
1: I I have also heard because there are a few people who are like two steps removed from you until I started communicating with you to tell you about the story of my son and how for 25 years I've been silenced and suppressed trying to talk about my son and there are actually hundreds of thousands of us all over the country but we are just kept out of the media and we're we're not allowed to talk to people and we're called names conspiracy theorists we're told that we're crazy um you know I I told you what i predict would happen and um so i'm curious did they edit your story so that it sounds a certain way and leaves out the parts that are the most incendiary
0: yeah they did and i and i and i recognize that they also are being careful because they don't want to get sued and i think we have a lot of money behind this you know way more than um certainly way more than i have or any of those reporters have And so I think that there's a lot of fear about telling what has happened. I honestly don't know if the vaccine is good or bad, but I, I can say, I don't think we have enough information. And, um, it was rolled out way too fast and there is way too much being suppressed because it's like, you can't admit anything bad about the vaccine or else you, you, it gets completely brushed under the rug. But we can't manage a vaccine or even use vaccines usefully if we don't understand them and we don't admit the truth about them. They can do a lot of good and they can also, it seems like, do a lot of harm. And we have to, we have to be able to openly talk about it so that, that we can make better decisions and make good decisions and maybe do more research. But if we're, if we're hiding from it, we cannot do that. And it will continue to be something that's harmful.
1: Yeah, I have a good friend named Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and she actually has a database of 13,000 studies that have been removed, moved so that people's links on the internet go to a dead space, a 404 error message, um, removed from the medical journals, uh, or they have lots of different shenanigans they do. But just so you know, there have been actually 13,000 studies that have been suppressed moved destroyed in some way and many of those researchers careers have been destroyed and are being destroyed right now
0: i don't think that surprises me um what i came up against when my son was in the hospital and how hard they tried to blame it on anything else i mean and and how careful they were even when they finally admit there could be a connection um it it doesn't surprise me um but i'm 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 shocked if i hadn't gone through this experience what you've just told me would have shocked me. I mean, uh, three weeks ago, I I, um, I don't know if I would have believed you.
1: Well, um, I, yeah, for sure. I could tell when I was talking to you, I was trying to be very careful because uh, I don't know if you ever saw The Matrix, but there's the red pill, right? And if you take the red pill, you're going to be sorry and you're going to want to go back. And once you take it, you can't untake it. In the last 15 months, a lot of people have been red pilling and watching you red pill, even though you and I just met really right now, Face to face, I know it's so painful. And it's just like, I want to hold your ponytail for you while you puke. And that's how it feels. And as a mom of a vaccine injured child, I just want to tell you that I am getting the word out to absolutely everyone I can so that they can pray for your husband and your son. Will you please tell us their names so that we can get as many people as possible praying for them?
0: Thank you. Appreciate that. My son's name is Everest, and my husband's name is Preston Romney and um i really appreciate the prayers because this has been an enormous burden and i don't think i could have carried it without the prayers honestly i can feel it i can feel the support and i need it um you can ne- never possibly imagine going through something like this you can't even anticipate it and and how much you know as it goes on and on and on i'm sure you can understand more even than me because of the challenges you you faced you just it feels like it never ends. You know, it's like, there's not, it's not stopping. Um, and it, and you, and the only thing I think for me anyway, that sustains me is, is everybody's prayers and and their love and their support. And I really need that.
1: Yes, you do. And you've got it from us and we're going to get the word out there as much as we can so that we can add that to it. But there's actually one more thing that I hope sustains you. And that is that, um, What you experienced, actually, millions and millions of people have experienced and been silenced and gaslit. And for all the pain that you're suffering right now, and we all want, we all want better for you. And we want them to be whole and healthy again. And we're going to be, I'm going to be helping you in other ways. I'll be helping you in other ways besides, you know, getting this story out. But Sheree, your story is going to bless millions of people's lives. I feel that. I feel that. It's going to help a lot of other people. I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Everyone, let's let's pray for let's say their names one more time, Cherie. Everest and Preston. Thank you so much. And we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Robin.